Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Thursday evening where we continue our reflections uh, into this Easter season. We have arrived at this point where we have the opportunity to engage the gospel text for the uh, great solemnity of the Ascension, which will have us uh, looking at the final verses of the Gospel of Mark, which means we will not only talk the stuff of evangelization, but also talk about what I believe to be um, a much neglected topic of heaven. So uh, very much looking forward to this evening's program, and uh, I do have Debbie Rizals here in studio with me. So Debbie, great to have you with me another evening. It's wonderful to be here. So Debbie, before we get into the gospel and get into that principal subject matter, the blogosphere was a buzz today because some stats came out. In fact, I think these stats were uh, headlined on Fox News and CNN and all the rest, all of the drive-by media. And the stats were where we are at as a nation as it relates to um, our religious affiliations. And certainly the one that was highlighted was over the past seven years, there has been an 8% decrease in uh, Christianity. That is to say, an 8% decrease in people identifying themselves with a, a Christian religion. What I also read, which was uh, a little disturbing, uh, alarming, but at the same time, I'll say convicting, <laughs> because we need to engage these people, that there's been a rise, uh, especially within the age of the millennials, in atheism and agnosticism. Right now, I had already received some emails, people asking me what's going on. You know, we still are, as a nation, in the majority, a Christian nation, okay? Mm -hmm. It went from 78% to 70%. So no matter what anyone says, including our commander-in-chief, we are a Christian nation, 70%. Now, there's obviously something going on because in the last seven years, there's been an 8% decrease. And a lot of people and a lot of blogs were talking about the rise in atheism, and we are not equipped enough to have that dialogue. And there might be uh, a kernel of truth to that. I am not saying there is not, but we would be uh, remiss not to speak to what really lies at the heart of it. And uh, one thing that I'm convinced of, Debbie, is that it is the family, because uh, we are seeing not only a decrease in Christianity, but also an exponential increase in divorce. And the two are directly related, uh, no question about Absolutely. it. We look at the relationship between family and society. Here on this radio program, we have talked about John Paul II's words that the family is the cell to society. Uh, Pope Francis just spoke to it beautifully, that the family is the masterpiece mm -hmm. to society. Beautiful. And what's underneath that? Well, as the family goes, so goes the church, so goes Christianity, so goes uh, society, so goes our political structure as a whole, mm -hmm. so goes all of it. And this mm -hmm. is why we say family is the cell to society, because ultimately, without that more authentic expression 
of the first society, of the first family, that is the Trinity, it's to remember that the Trinity is not some abstract solitude, but in his deepest mysteries, John Paul II reminded us, he is family because he has fatherhood, sonship, and the essence of family, which is love. The Trinity is the first society, the first community, the first family. And in that family, we discover the meaning of love. Now, what's important for us to remember here, Debbie, is that at its core, then, the Trinity is love-given, love-received, and love-shared. And that love-shared is sacrificial. And if we are not learning the language of this love in our own families, then there's going to be a void in that deeper understanding of what Christianity is all about. And so, Debbie, as we talk about the importance of the family, it is always to remember that it starts with self. And I'm looking at the mirror. It starts with me. There's that great uh, story that comes to us when uh, the very famous uh, G.K. Chesterton, when he was once asked what's wrong with the world from one journalist, and and the journalist was expecting him to uh, look at all of the external activity and point to all of its flaws. He turned it back on himself and he said, I am. Mm -hmm. I am what's wrong with the world. And so if you're pointing the finger, make sure that you're doing so in the mirror. Mm -hmm. Uh, because what you'll quickly realize is it starts with you. It's really important. And quite honestly, when I was reading this article, this one article, the first article, uh, because I ended up reading many others, Mm -hmm. you know, the first thing that came to my my mind was, what more can I do? And first and foremost, as a father and husband, so important. Right. Um, You know, I am convinced that social media has a whole lot to do with this. And that sounds unusual, maybe, to some of our listeners. Um, But it was interesting, at Steubenville, a couple of uh, summers ago, many of the speakers spoke to that, Mm. that evangelization has to get on social media. Mm -hmm. It has to get where folks are Mm -hmm. and where the discussions are and where the false information is being spread. We had a situation in our own family, uh, a, a family friend, from forever ago, mm-hmm. just seemed to go off the deep end. And mm. he was sending out the most horrific anti-Christian, mm. false information, ugly stuff, Joe. It was mm. ugly. But it affected so many people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in his sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, so the bad and the good effects, and and and... So we see these, um, you know, and, and folks read it, and, oh, gosh, it must be true. He's citing Joe Schmo from, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and then doubt, and then mm-hmm. what else happens? And then also with the social media, you know, oh, gosh, the long-last boyfriend from high school who was, gosh, he was just perfect yes. in every way, yes. contacts me, mm-hmm. and pretty soon we're sexting, yeah. and yeah. we're doing things on social media that, are not pleasing to God becomes very easy, very tempting. We're in a different little ball game than we were seven years ago. Seven years ago and 2,000 years ago, Debbie, and the reality is, John Paul II says, we go where the culture spends its time. And where is it spending Uh, its time? (laughs) Paul in Acts 17 goes to the Areopagus, and he does because this is the cultural meeting center. And so Mm -hmm. he he preaches, he evangelizes, and in so doing, he's bringing people into this new Christian faith. Uh, Yeah, we go where people are. And it's really interesting. You talk about social media, Facebook and Twitter. How do we access those? 
the iPhones, the iPads, the yep. iPods. It's all about it's I. It's in our hand. To, yeah. go, to go there and to deconstruct the emphasis that we have on the I to the other, and we do so by bringing Jesus Christ to that medium and mm-hmm. saying, look, look, it is so important. And I, oh. I have talked about it in various contexts, Debbie, but you're absolutely right. Uh, this is a very much a part of our conversation, because mm-hmm. <laughs> when there's not a mother or father around, well, where are you going to go? You're going to go to social media. Absolutely. And or, and or if the father and mother doesn't care. Right. You know, again, I'm looking in the mirror as a father, making sure that I'm caring deeply in God's grace. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm preaching to myself here. Uh, so it's all interconnected. It's all intertwined. And certainly something to talk about because this evening's gospel, the gospel that comes to us from uh, the Solemnity of the Ascension, uh, Debbie, is about evangelization mm-hmm. um, and is also about heaven. So we'll, we'll be able to talk about both of these. Why don't you go ahead right. and get us We're going to be reading from Mark 16, 15 through 20. Jesus said to his disciples, Go into the whole world and proclaim the gospel to every creature. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak new languages. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then the Lord Jesus, after he spoke to them, was taken up into heaven and took his seat at the right hand of God. But they went forth and preached everywhere, while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word through accompanying signs. Amen. So as I noted off the top, Debbie, before we get into the uh, first four verses you read, I want to speak to the last two verses, specifically this going up into heaven. You know, God going up into heaven, what does that mean? Well, it means he dwells in an inaccessible light. To to speak of the heavens over the earth uh, is to speak of the infinite versus the the finite. Why can't we fully comprehend uh, heaven? Because it is the stuff of the infinite, and we are bound by what is finite. To speak of heaven is also to not pigeonhole it into a place. Mm-hmm. You know, by the way, you see the word heaven in the Old and New Testament over 800 times. I mean, this is a word you see a lot, and you see it a lot in the New Testament. And often you see it in the context of up there or an upper region of the world, um, or in some cases the whirlwind of God is heaven. Where this is dangerous, Debbie, is that we get stuck in thinking that it is a place. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go up there and see out there, mm-hmm. okay? But no, that's not what heaven is. I mean, the catechism is explicit in what heaven is about in light of sacred scripture, and it is about a state, a state. So uh, the catechism speaks to heaven as definitive happiness, utter blessedness, and the satisfaction of the deepest longing of the human heart. Now, let's think about this for a second, because when you start talking about, Debbie, utter blessedness, uh, definitive (laughs) happiness, the sum total of happiness, what you are talking about is what sacred scripture gets into, which is this seeing God face to face. We say, you know, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and certainly this is true to an extent, okay, to an extent, because no eye has seen and no ear 
has heard uh, the totality of what heaven is about. But what does Paul say? I believe it's what, 1 Corinthians 13, 12, uh, where he says, we see dimly in a mirror what we shall one day see face to face. Now, of course, he's talking to the church of Corinth, and you start getting into literal sense, and uh, one can appreciate that he's talking to a people, uh, they're all about their bronzed uh, mirrors and the quality of these mirrors, but they're always tinted. Uh, what you saw was always imperfect. So Paul takes this, and he uses that image to explain what? But the beatific vision. What is the beatific vision? The beatific vision is seeing God face to face. And what did Paul say in 1 Corinthians 13, 12? Well, he's saying that we do see something, although it may be imperfect and dim. What else does he say? I think it's the next verse he says, we see in part, we see in part what we will one day see in its totality. Okay, so this whole idea of seeing God speaks to the state as Thomas Aquinas puts it, this intellectual illumination. What does that mean? Well, we today, Debbie, we put uh, seeing in a particular context. Maybe if we were to think about, say, uh, physics, and we come to understand uh, a mathematical or scientific formula, and we say, ah, I see. And when you say, I see, you say, I comprehend. Mm -hmm. So what, uh, what Thomas Aquinas speaks to, specifically to this point is, when we see God face to face, our intellect will be illuminated and we will see all of creation in its proper order. And this is a great delight to mind and heart. So this is all a part of how we think about heaven. Now, all of that being said, what rests at the center of it? Well, what do the angels say to the Galileans? Why are you looking up there for Jesus? To speak of being in heaven, to speak of being in paradise, simply is to be with Jesus, to be with Jesus. This is what Paul reminds us in his letter to the Church of Philippi, to be with Jesus, which highlights for us, Debbie, the gospel message itself. What is the core of the gospel? Repent and believe the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is at hand. We've talked about what the kingdom is. The kingdom is first Christological. That is to say, the kingdom is first Jesus Christ incarnate. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to talk about the kingdom of heaven is at hand, then what are we talking about? Well, Jesus Christ brings to us heaven. To what extent? Well, to the extent that he brings to us the perfection of joy. He brings to us the fullness of blessedness because this is what he came to initiate, to inaugurate. And this is our great joy. So heaven, yes, is a place up there, but in a qualified sense, it is more about a state where we are made to see God face to face, and we share in that in a kind of foretaste, certainly sacramentally, and most especially in the Eucharist. But if we see it anything other than that, then we uh, miss what heaven is all about. And so he goes up to heaven, and he must, right? Because if, if he's going to be everywhere in the gift of the Holy Spirit, he must first be where? In heaven. Mm. So he ascends into heaven so as to be everywhere. That's what lies at the heart of the mystery of, of the ascension. Um, and as we speak to the ascension, it is so important then for us to better understand 
what the gift of the Holy Spirit is about as it relates to, well, sharing as much as we can see, although dimly, in the beatific vision. What's the great beatitude? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Revelations. Uh, we have the great passage that talks about, once again, seeing God face to face. Where do we see Him? Well, in the liturgy, because of course we know the book of Revelation ultimately is about the heavenly liturgy, but also the earthly liturgy and how it's a foretaste of the heavenly liturgy. Praise God. And what do we pray in the Our Father? Let it be on heaven, mm-hmm. in heaven, as it, on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. And if we keep thinking heaven is just something we're gonna, that's going to happen when we die, we're missing what the Lord's saying in the Our Father to us. Yes. You know, that it's yes. this state that we can attain to. We can attain to a share in divine life here. Mm-hmm. And what a shame if we don't. We've, we've missed it. Yeah. Shame is a great word. It's, it's tragic. It's tragic. And and mea culpa, Debbie. You know, it's interesting. As you're talking about this, to use the word state can be, I think, maybe a bit abstract. So for our listeners' sake, let us be clear. We are not talking about something that is aloof from concrete reality. Why? Because to speak of heaven as a state, at least here on earth, as much as we can attain that foretaste, is to enter into what is most concrete— That is a personal relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, so, you know, why in the adoration of the Magi are they rejoicing exceedingly with great joy? Because they have found a place to take a siesta? No, (laughs) because they have found what they are looking for, an object who is a person. This isn't something that is just arbitrary. Mm -hmm. No. It is a movement towards not just something, but someone. And that someone is, again, the giver of the blessedness, that great blessedness, that great joy. And so to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is, Debbie, as you speak to it in the context of the Our Father, is certainly to share in that foretaste mm-hmm. here on earth. Yes, This is our definitive joy. Mm-hmm. It's to remember the word joy, again, the charis, it comes from the same word as grace. When we receive God's grace, what are we doing but literally drinking from the very life and love of God? This is a great joy. Mm. And uh, so important as we talk about not only what heaven is about and how the church teaches on heaven out from sacred scripture and sacred tradition, but also but also, if we're going to share in this joy, uh, and, and we do so in light of relationship, we pass it on, we hand it on. So this is why Mark says what he says in today's gospel, in the first four verses. Preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. Preach the good news to every creature, to every person. And what else? To administer the sacrament of baptism. So the church... In its foundation, Debbie, is a teaching church and a sacramental church. This is what all of the evangelists establish. We must remember, Christ said, do this and teach them, not write this. So it is first a a teaching church and a uh, sacramental church. And this is so important for us because, of course, as we know, um, there's a tendency to forget about the oral transmission of faith. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, mode of transmitting the faith that was the only mode uh, for a period of 20 years. Mm-hmm. Right? So very important, uh, especially in light of the words we have today. Now, this preaching certainly is the the kerygma. It is what the evangelizing is about, and kind of revisiting what we were speaking to earlier, Debbie, the importance of evangelization. We have all been called. Mm. We have all been mm-hmm. sent forth. We are all called to be disciples, disciples of the nations. In so doing, what we are made to see is that we need to be in that living relationship with God, because to say that this is the commissioning of the the disciples, is to say that it is the disciples being sent forth with something, no, again, someone, Mm -hmm. right? That is the commission, the word cum missio, to be sent forth with the person of Jesus Christ and, of course, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, So this is what we are about, and uh, this is why, (laughs) in light of the statistics and numbers we were talking about earlier, we need to refortify, strengthen our relationship with Jesus Christ. Just not once a week, mm. just not a few times a month. But what does Paul remind us, Debbie? Put on the cloth of Christ each and every day, that each and every encounter might become a sacramental moment that we find ourselves fulfilling this calling, this commission, that is to say that we might be evangelizing all those we meet. Mm. No, it's so easy, Debbie, to go about our day and to get caught up in oh. the throes sure. of all that you are doing. It is the easiest thing we do. Mm-hmm. I'm raising my hand right mm-hmm. now because I probably did it two or three times today. But we have to gather ourselves. And what does the word recollect mean? Uh, recollection is a very important virtue in our transformation in Christ. The Latin recollectus is to gather ourselves and remember what God has done for us. Well, Jesus Christ says, do this in remembrance of me. We are recollecting at our best in the Eucharist. Mm. And when we set our days uh, to the Eucharist, we will be well on our way. Uh, what we need to do in fulfilling this great vocation that, yes, was first given to the disciples, but a vocation, Debbie, that we all share nonetheless. I love, um, Paul has a three-step program in First Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, and 18. I call mm, it the street, feast, yes. three-step program. Rejoice always, verse 16. Mm. Verse 17, pray without ceasing, verse 18. In all things give thanks. For this is the will of God for you. Mm-hmm. Three-step program to joining him in divine life. And what does Eucharist mean? Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. There is Eucharist mass, holy mass, going on somewhere on this planet at every moment. And we can just take that moment to join that holy liturgy spiritually. Make mm-hmm. a spiritual communion. Yes, St. Yes. John Vianney said it's like, blowing on a, f- a flame it just catches fire so when we find ourselves dwindling in energy or in spiritual lethargy blow on your flame mm-hmm. somewhere mass is being said join them spiritually rejoice in that rejoice in everything yeah join yeah. our father's joy and pray without ceasing 
That means just offering everything moment by moment. Mm -hmm. You're doing stuff anyway. Mm -hmm. Offer it. Lord, I give you this biopsy that I'm assisting in. Mm -hmm. Lord, I give you this moment where I'm disciplining this child. Whatever it is. Thank you, God, that I have a child to discipline. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it just changes the way we look at everyday life. It doesn't make it seem so insurmountable. It's just each moment being a gift. It's why it's the present. It's a gift. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love how Paul does that. It's so simple. It's boom, boom, boom. And being aware. This is how you join divine life. It's how, this is sacramental life for you. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, amen, Deb. Well said. Yeah, if you break down the numbers, it's always fascinating. 346,000 priests, which when you start doing the math, means... Four hosts are being consecrated every second Four. Uh, of every day. It's, it's a fascinating thing. It, it really is. And, you know, as you speak to the, to the rejoice always, mm-hmm. I think that's very hard, Debbie, for a lot oh, of people because yes. how do you rejoice yes. over those most difficult moments? But this is where we are really entering. This is where we are called to uh, ask that question because behind every question is a new beginning. And behind every new beginning is a deeper transformation in Christ. The problem is, as one saint said, we just don't ask the question. Mm. Whatever that question might be that you need to ask because of whatever it is that you're not understanding. Well, you don't understand. Ooh. Uh, One doctor of the church says, don't say that. Mm. Because Jesus Christ does understand. This is why he took on the cross. Because we can never say, you don't understand. Mm -hmm. Because we could never say, in light of the cross, we don't understand. You don't understand. And so it is assuming that first principle of our transformation in Christ, of being ready, being disposed. John Paul II says the first step of conversion is acceptance. Because that means we are not clutching at empty Absolutely. space, you know, but to really dispose yourselves, avail yourselves to his goodness and his grace. And then he will show you, seek him out. Mm-hmm. What does he say? Matthew 7, 7, ask, seek, knock. You say he is hidden. Well, are you looking for him? Mm-hmm. He's present. He's hidden. Yes, but he's present. Find him. Find him in this moment and that moment, as you spoke to it, Debbie. Find him in this biopsy Mm -hmm. or the disciplining of that child. Mm -hmm. He wants you to find him. And be rest assured, he has already initiated something inside of you if you are seeking him out. And in so doing, again, no, he will show you. He will show you. And you will find joy. Yes, and that's it. Because it's his joy. That's it. Because you, you come to understand to the extent that he wants you to understand what this moment or that moment was all about. Absolutely. This speaks to the great gift of faith, Debbie. But this is why faith is so important. We need to pray for an increase in faith because it begins to see the part and light of the whole. Okay, I think we are out of time. Thank you, Debbie, for the gift of your time. And I know it was uh, something for you to get over here right after work. So I appreciate your own sacrifices that you made to get over here um, good program. Always good to have you here in the studio. Thank you. Let us go ahead and close a word of prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, 
as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.